I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. is good everybody happy thursday slash friday depending on how quickly i decide to release this episode i'm assuming it's going to be quite a quick release because well a lot of stuff's happened i've wrote in the old co-host the main guy behind all things adam and brendan his name's brendan you guys remember brendan i was trying to go for something funny but it didn't work there's a lot to get through there's a, a lot of trades that happen for boston i'm not sure how much sense they all make we're going to try and make sense of the nonsensical to begin with Brendan, man, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, I think it was a pretty disappointing deadline. You know, I, I did a lot of it covering it from Sacramento's point of view, and that was really disappointing and pretty disappointing from the, the Celtics point of view, which is kind of intertwined. Um, but yeah, pretty disappointed, I will say. There, It was a fun well, you- deadline. It was fun for sure to keep up with this from, you know, when I woke until noon my time. Um, but yeah, disappointed for the Celtics. Well, you'd been going on Twitter for a few days now. If anybody follows me, they've seen me telling you to stop at least twice a day for the last four days, trying to fabricate some Romeo Langford for Harrison Barnes trade. Um, I feel personally responsible for this in making you want Romeo more than Neesmith, so I'm glad that that didn't happen. I also blame Cody. Um, other than that, though, how do you feel about the fact that Harrison Barnes is still a Sacramento King? I don't feel great. Um, the Kings, all they did was <laughs> add money to next season, um, about $6 million when they were already in a spot where it's going to be difficult for them to re-sign Rashawn Holmes. Um, so unless Rashawn Holmes is willing to take the max, they can offer his four years, $45 million, which is possible, um, but I wouldn't say likely, then there's a chance that um, the Kings got slightly better in a season where slightly better means going from the ninth worst team or like seventh worst team to ninth tenth so do you know another team that got slightly better boston celtics the boston celtics slightly very slightly um i think we need to start here by the fact that evan fournier was acquired by the boston celtics in a deal that sends jeff teague and two second round two second rounders over to orlando now, Evan Fournier tweeted hello to the Celtics fans and told us that we should Google him. So Brendan and I, who had never done this before, both Googled him. And then we went to images. And if you haven't done it, don't do it because no. it's a very, very bad thing to do. Everybody had warned us of this. I feel like I've heard yeah, this dude. Fournier thing for like a couple of years oh, now a hot to minute, not do dude. this. Yeah, and I was, and I, it, yeah, after all this, I was like, man, he's on Boston now. Like, I have to check. I have to check. So, you see, for me, it was like, if someone says don't do it, generally I'm not going to do it. Like, don't jump off a bridge. Okay, I'm not going to do that. Smart. Don't Google Evan Fournier. Okay. Then I speak to Brendan just before we come on, and Brendan's like, yeah, I Googled it. You should Google it now. So I Google it, and now I'm going to forever blame Brendan for my, what scarred my emotions. No problem. So no don't problem. Google it. Are you, are you also girls. scarred that the TPE return... Was Evan Fournier? No, do you know what? I'm not scarred that the the return was Evan Fournier. I'm scarred at the fact that this is essentially a possible rental. So the the idea, the narrative that I've been discussing on this show, when I'm on Locker Room, when I'm on social media, 
is the number one thing the Celtics need to do with this TPE is get a guy that's tied up for multiple years. Because realistically, with the way the cap situation is, it's your last big swing. So to bring in Evan Fournier that's an expiring deal, that's an unrestricted guy, like you don't even have the option of matching on a deal. He can just like be like, right, I'm done. Um, I, I'm a little bit down about this. M- my biggest issue is, could it be another sign-in trade? Do we really want another year of a TPE when this year has just been so TPE-centric? It's been like the number one thing everybody spoke about. Whenever something's going wrong, you're looking at the TPE as a fix-all. And uh, I kind of liken it to Space Mountain. It seems like a really good idea to get on Space Mountain until you're on Space Mountain. You don't like Space Mountain? I do not like Space wow. Mountain. Wow. Okay. I, do I think Space Mountain's great. Have you not seen the photo of me on Space Mountain? I don't think so. It sounds I memorable. Will, and I, feel I, will like send, I will send you the photograph. And if anybody else wants to see it, then DM me or email me. And I will send you a photograph of me on um, Space Mountain. And you will understand... Why yeah. I do not like Space Mountain. So let, let, let's talk about, because I'm with you, you want a guy in the future, and I just like dropped a beat right there with all those lets. Uh, Evan Fournier, what he means this year. By the way, his I, I've pulled up his basketball reference page right now. His nickname, because you know basketball re- reference uh, lists nicknames, is Don't Google. And I think that's it's great. Um, so we... <laughs> <laughs> Evan, don't Google Fournier. It's, yeah. uh, it, it's good, dude. Yeah, I like it. It's catchy. It's catchy. Yeah, it's the truth. Big, yeah. Don't Google. Big ticket. Yep. Slow-mo, if people were talking about slow-mo the other day. It's true. Black Falcon. Uh, <laughs> P. Rabbit. We're talking nicknames. Yeah. P. Rabbit. I, I think we should call Tatum J. Money. I, I don't know why. It. Yeah. I'm I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> so... Um, I, I will say, like, say, so you're looking at it as, say, Fournier in place of Teague, right? And, you know, two second rounders don't make that much of a difference, right? It's something, but it doesn't make that much of a difference. I think, like, Fournier is a really good player. And he is going to help your depth a lot. He's going to be able to keep the offense afloat when some of Jalen Jason are going to the bench and maybe, you know, Kemba's out, uh, you know, those the main four core guys have only played eight games together um so when one of those guys is out fournier can fill a bigger role you know see starter minutes spottingly here and there shooting 38 percent from deep this year on seven attempts and he's able to create for himself in some ways off of handoffs pick and rolls things like that i mean it's no joke to be averaging nearly 20 points in the league um and 30 minutes a night like i think fournier is a very talented offensive player for this season and i think that's useful um i'll say my concern is i feel like a lot of the issues with the celtics are that they're not able to penetrate and hit the paint and make plays from there i don't know that fournier does that very well so i went back and watched every fournier pick and roll um possession from this year um just generally what i do is i look at the first two or three primary uh play types that a player used him for their team and i kind of be like okay so if your primary role is to come off of screens to operate as an off-ball screen guy you know somebody that's coming off screens off ball and be a pick and roll ball handler then i want to see what type of system you were being used in and one thing that i will give to fournier is he's a legit free level scorer he can pull up from behind he can peel off a screen similar to what kemba does and just pull up straight away in motion 
He can put the ball on the floor and beat you down to the rim. And he can operate in that mid-range. Now, the one thing that you don't see too much in his time in Orlando, and I don't know if this is just due to the personnel that he had around him, was he doesn't tend to kick out. Once he's got on that drive coming off the pick and roll, kickouts were hard to come by would be the best way. I wouldn't say that he's an unwilling passer, but I'd say that he's quite confident in his ability to score on his opponents when he gets that mismatch. Uh, he's really good though at coming off screens off ball, like coming like curling off flare screens, coming off Iverson cuts. Like he was used in so many different ways, um, zipper cuts. He super like versatile in the way he plays off ball, and he's really dangerous at scoring there. So I'd I'd agree with you. Like I don't know how much playmaking he brings, but I definitely think he brings more playmaking than what Jeff Teague was providing. And I also think that his ability to be a three-level scorer now gives the Celtics, Kemba, Jalen, Jason, and Fournier, that are all four proven, legitimate three-level scorer guys. And for anybody listening that's wondering why what we're talking about with three-level scorers, we mean you can score at the rim, in the mid-range, and from the three-point line. And that is a super valuable skill to have in the NBA. At the moment, Sorry, at the moment. Generally, guys are two-level scorers. You'll have a guy that can score from three and mid-range, but he's really bad around the rim, or vice versa, the rim and mid-range. But three-level guys are the ones that really add value to an offense, and it will allow Brad Stevens to implement new wrinkles into that system. Definitely. I think that if Fournier spent an entire year as a six-man, he'd be in the race for six-man of the year. I think he's an extremely talented offensive player. Um, and undoubtedly a really good upgrade over Jeff Teague. The issue becomes next season, or or let's say how much better? Season? How much better does he make you this season? You know, like uh, are you are you better than, or should we get to the other trades before we talk about the roster as a whole compared to yeah, some of these I think other we'll teams? talk to the other trade. I mean, what I would like to say is I, I think that um, Fournier is also a fairly decent defensive guy. Like um, I wouldn't say he's exceptional. He's never going to be on any All NBA rosters for defense, but he's definitely an improvement over what Jeff Teague was. And I thought Jeff Teague actually tried on defense. It, it, it was one of the areas where he didn't, in my opinion, he didn't let himself down during his time in Boston. But I think Fournier. Um, if you look at like Basketball Index, Basketball Index has Fournier uh, spending most of his time guarding slashers. So um, he's really good at rotating over and cutting off driving lanes. He's good as a help defender. His point of attack defense probably isn't great. Um, I don't know if he's got the wingspan to really be a legit point of attack guy. But defense, I think he's an upgrade over Teague as well. And I think he actually makes that second unit. If he is going to be on that second unit, there's a possibility he's a starter. But operating under the assumption he's on that second unit, I think that he's upgraded their defensive uh, ceiling as well as their offensive ceiling. Yeah, I... I I guess I would bite back a little bit. Like, I don't know that he improved their defensive ceiling, but he definitely didn't lower it in any way. Like, I, I think well, the offensive their defensive ceiling was Jeff Teague, as you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you look at, like, now you could you could arguably have, like, Evan Fournier, Romeo Langford, who's a good point of attack defender or has shown flashes of being a good point of attack. Grant Williams, that's a high IQ defensive guy. Rob Williams that offers the rim protection. I think that's a definite ceiling upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm not he, saying they're going to be one of the better defensive units. I'm just saying it's an upgrade over where they were coming into today. Right. Yeah, good point there. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely think Fournier is a very notable upgrade, and I think people don't realize the caliber of specifically offensive player that he is. Um, and yeah, being able to do that at six seven and not being a liability on the defensive end uh, definitely holds some value there. And then when you read the uh, the second trade here is I'm maybe... sad. Yeah, I'm sad. Yeah, you so... break this down for us. Oh, do I have to? This is, I've got to relive this moment. This moment was heartbreaking the first time. Yeah. I was very sad. I even said it to my uh, wife how sad I was. And I tried, and she, she doesn't care for basketball. Um, she cares for me doing, like, covering basketball because, in her words, it gives her some time away from me. <laughs> right. So, to get this going, so it's a free team deal. I've got my phone in my hand to make sure I get this right. So, the tweet's from Ryan McDonough. Donough, you? Donough? Donough? Yeah, Whatever. XGM, XGM of the yeah. um, Suns. But I cannot pronounce his surname. Okay, so the Wizards get Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson. The Celtics get, ready for this, this is where I get sad-ish, Luke Cornett or Unicornet, depending on who you speak to, and Mo Wagner. And the Bulls get Daniel Tice, which is real painful, Javante Green, and Troy Brown Jr., plus $1.3 million from Boston and $250,000 from Washington. The Bulls made out like bandits. What is this? They the Bulls won just every finessed. aspect of this trade. <laughs> the Bulls finessed everybody, dude. So first of all, I mean, from Boston's aspect to this, this was about opening up a roster spot to be able to uh, be players in the buyout market. And you can understand why they're doing that when you can see guys like Otto Porter's getting bought out you see LaMarcus Aldridge agreeing to buy out with the Spurs it makes sense to have an open roster spot to Drummond Um, I'd I'd be very upset if you get rid of ties for Drummond but that's we're in a different part of the conversation there and then they also get below the tax line so they avoid the repeater tax and they avoid the tax for this year the cost of doing this was essentially salary dumping Daniel Tice now, I tweeted this out. Daniel Tice's last moment in a Celtics uniform was missing missing a game-winning shot from the corner. He yep. didn't deserve to go out like this. Dude. It was so close. It was so oh. close. I wrote about it today, if you haven't read it. Um, I have not yet. You should. Um, but yeah, for me, he just didn't deserve to go out like this, dude. Uh, they, they need to give him some form of like five-minute cameo. I know it's not possible, but just uh, it, it hurts. I understand why they did it. But there's a definite downgrade there, right? Like going from, I mean, Wagner's younger, he's 23. Um, he's flashed some form of upside in the past. But um, to me, he does look a little bit um, physically, lack, well, he lacks in position physically would be the better way of putting things. Yeah, I don't think that Cornette or Wagner matter to your roster at all. Um, and I think that Tice is a capable no ideal ideally probably backup center but he gave you starting center minutes a lot in boston and was very capable there i think the idea um is like you said opens a buyout spot i think getting out of the tax is really big because tatum's extension kicks in next year and they're gonna spend years in the tax and it just getting out of it this season means you're you're extending how long until you hit the repeater tax when it really eats at you um, and I think, you know, the main idea is getting Robert Williams and Tristan Thompson more playing time, specifically Robert Williams. But I think that, you know, this shows the confidence in that being your center rotation. Rashawn, or Rashawn Holmes. Um, 
Robert Williams and Tristan Thompson being your center rotation. And I think that's fine as a one-two. And if and you need a third in a pinch, right? Any injuries, which, you know, these guys have had injury problems in their past. And Mo Wagner, Luke Cornett being your third string center, fine, fine. But if you're healthy, Robert Williams and Tristan Thompson is, is enough at the center spot. Yeah, and you can always kind of replicate some of what Daniel Tice gave you by bringing in Grant Williams as that small ball five. The only thing that really bothers me right now is the Celtics have had very few bright spots on offense this year, and the Kemba Walker-Daniel Tice pick and roll has been almost automatic over the last few weeks so or months. So by removing that, you're putting a lot of pressure on this team to figure out their offensive identity because without Tice there, you, you do lack an intelligent pick-and-roll guy in terms of offense. Rob Williams is great, but Rob Williams only gives you so much, whereas um, Tice will alter the way he kind of fades off screens, you know, so he'll set the pick-and-roll, and he will change what his positioning based on who he's setting a screen for. Uh, so you lose that, and Kemba Walker had a great, like, telepathy. Um, there are rumors out there that Charlotte will be looking to pursue Tice in the offseason, Uh Big friends with Gordon Hayward, so that makes sense oh, right. there as well. Um, so look, it doesn't look. Tice could have gone at the end of the year. There was a chance I'd kind of resign myself to Tice being one of the guys that doesn't get re-signed just because of what he was going to earn. So making that move now, avoiding the tax, like you say, which ultimately means you avoid the repeat tax, makes a bunch of sense. I don't know how happy I'm about Wagner. Maybe they see something in him. Maybe Brad Stevens can develop him. But as you say, for a third-string guy, it is what it is. Um, with Luke Cornett, all I can do is keep thinking of that Corvette song. You know the one? I don't Corvette, think I do. Corvette, Corvette. in my You know the one now? I don't think I do. Nah, I'll send it to you later. You have to put me on, yeah. Yeah, it's no good. It's not a very good No, it's, it's not. Yeah. No. But it's not a very That's good player. That's fitting. That's fitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Fitting, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm not happy, man. I mean, look, man. Tice was, for me, he was great. Four years in the team. Improved every single year, gave nothing but his all. Um, the war on Tice will be something that lives infamously among Celtics Twitter. He for just a long time. he just got a call in his favor. I it know, just dude. happened. I know. That's when Danny Ainge was like, "It's done now." You yeah. know, <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know who this guy is anymore. Yeah, who's this Daniel Tice you speak of? Yeah, what is so, that? He got elbowed in the sense. face by Giannis, and they called it. I know, dude. Like, usually that would be like. You headbutted Giannis's elbow. Yeah, it's like, it's why did you look at him like that? Yeah, yeah, dude, this is Giannis we're talking about as well. Flagrant yeah. too, dude. You get off True. the court, but it is what it is. What do you, what do you like, think of Javante uh, leaving? He was on guaranteed that, like, he they kept him around until his contract become guaranteed. So he's going to get that money anyway. Now, yeah. uh, I think they've done him a solid there, especially if they knew he was going to be a throw-in or they considered him one of the tradable guys. Um, He's shown an improvement in his three-point shooting a little bit, so he's more than just a Duncan now. But I just don't know how long he can stay in the league for. Yeah. I mean, do you think, like, losing him his minutes might hurt a little bit? I don't think it loses you games or anything, but it's just, like, what Grant has to fill those minutes, which he's been doing more so recently anyways. Yeah, unless they, like, you know, I'm hoping they give Neesmith some more time, hoping they give Lamford some time when he's back. I understand what they're doing there. Um, how... Semi Ojale survives yet again. Is a uh, I, I saw some reporting that I want to say it was Miami that was interested, and then they ended up backing out because they were skeptical about his health. Which 
Shemi's been pretty available. Yeah, he took a hip contusion um, against Milwaukee last on Wednesday. So I don't know whether they were worried about immediate health or maybe the scans have shown something. I'm not too sure there. But he did leave the game on Wednesday and didn't return due to a hip contusion. So that could be part of it. They also picked up, was it Belitza? Miami, yes. Yeah, so they added better shooting than what Shemi would have gave them anyway. Yeah. I think, you know, there were moves on the fringes that I think would have been nice to see Boston make. Um, you know, I mean, we can talk about the Aaron Gordon deal at some point, but I think like if you look at Matt Thomas, you know, was acquired from Toronto for Golden State's second rounder, which is a decent second rounder. Boston doesn't quite have that level of asset, but there's Terrence Davis went to Sacramento from Toronto for Memphis's second rounder. You know, I I mean, like that's a, a minor improvement, but I think that he's a rotation player. And the Celtics kind of just need more rotation players. Um, so I, I think there's little moves on the fringes. You know, uh, I think Brad Wanamaker was traded. I saw that he was, but then I he also saw. That's what I thought. But then they play the Kings tonight and he was listed as questionable, which from Golden State's point of view. So I don't know. I'm a slight confused here. Yeah, no, as far as I know, that went for Okay, that's what I thought. But like little because things like this. I was making this. jokes, like we're getting Tice as well. I was like, all they need is Aaron Baines and IT. It's true. And, um, old Celtics. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, a little move like that would have been nice. Yeah, it, and I'm, I'm completely on board. I, but I do understand why they've made the moves they have. Because they, it definitely, to me, it says that they're looking at the buyout market now. They're looking for a difference maker to come in during the buyout market. To me, it's got to be auto Porter. To me, it's got to be the Marcus Aldridge. It, it, one of those two, though. But uh, yeah, yeah, as long I'm as it's not you. Drummond, yeah. I just don't think Harper is very good right now, and I don't think the Marcus Aldridge is very good either. Mm-hmm. But the Marcus Aldridge fits more in that in the offense what they're running this year than yeah. what Otto Porter does. I think I'm just a little bit more interested in like some versatility on the defensive end. Yeah, because you're not getting that from Aldridge, right? You know, but Aldridge is going to be a better screen setter. He's probably going to a pick and pop threat from the mid range. Um, Aldridge is more like guaranteed to be an impact. Yeah, whereas even if it's not a great impact, and you're only like most like if we're being logical here, they're probably just signing these guys until the end of the year anyway, right? Because and then you've got to ask yourself like, what does this Evan Fournier deal mean for the Celtics roster in the summer? Like, do they try and move on from Kemba Walker now? How do they feel about Marcus Smart entering the last year of his contract and going into his own unrestricted free agency? How much do they value Fournier at? What's his value around the league? How much can we afford to pay him? There's so yeah. many questions. I just, dude, man, I just, that's the biggest thing for me is using the TPE on a guy that could walk or a sign and trade. You know, the Celtics would possibly try and swing in off a sign and trade. But, um, yeah, you're losing yeah. assets out here, there, and everywhere. Right. I mean, I think y- you can't just have Fournier for this year, and then he walks. Like, I, I don't think that's acceptable, really. What do you think he commands? It sucks, 20? but I think like 20, yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to pay him that. Yeah, four for 80, three for 60. That's a lot, dude. Yeah. Three for 60 in a player option. Maybe. But at least you get to see what what four months of it looks like. You know, three yeah. months, whatever. And, and I get that. He's, he's on a trial too. You know, if he sucks, his value drops anyway. 
but at the same time, it's like if you're looking at what Marcus Smart is due to earn at the end of next season, most people who I've kind of spoke to, fans and people in the media and that, we all seem to agree it's going to be in that 18 to 21 a year. I think that's a Marcus Smart type deal next time he's up, right? Can you really afford to? Can you really afford to pay him that, as well as pay Fournier, and Kemba, and Jalen, and Jason? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So there's going to be some more moves. I don't think Boston are done constructing this roster. I think at the beginning of next year it looks a bit different, and then next trade deadline we'll probably see some more. But how do you think now, looking at this team? How do you think it is? I mean, if you look at, well, in fact, I want to do the Aaron Gordon bit first. Yeah, they got out. Boston got outbid, right? Like plain and simple. But why? Why though? Like, okay, so it's Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark for Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and uh, I don't, I don't have what first. It was like twenty twenty four, right? Something like this. So a future first, a good few years down the line. Why is that better than what Boston had to offer? So Boston were probably offering Marcus Smart. Uh, or no, do you know what? They probably yeah, it would have had to have been Marcus Smart and someone like Neesmith and a few. But did first. it have to be? Like why? Well, why could, you could have done the TPE. Like it, if if you didn't go for Fournier, you know you could have taken him into the TPE with like Neesmith and a first. But then you couldn't have done that with Fournier. Yeah, but like I mean, I'd rather have Aaron Gordon. Yeah, I'd rather have Aaron Gordon too. But that's like, I, I, I I don't think that like this. I don't look at this Denver package and i'm like this is better than anything boston could have offered yeah that's fair i just don't i, I think that once you make that fournier move then you hamstring you hamstrung yeah. yourself and i think that they wanted to make that fournier move straight away because they knew they could get that over the line and if you hold out for gordon and then fournier goes elsewhere and then you still get outbid because they value gary harris higher than they value marcus smart then now all of a sudden you're left with nothing yeah yeah I don't know. I, 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 it kind of feels like one of those, you know, Ainge didn't get it done because he just wasn't simply willing to put enough on the table. And like there was all this talk this morning of Gordon being excited to be in Boston. And it's like, okay, well, if this guy's, you know, he, he wasn't going to be able to sign the extension right away because of the uh, salary situation he was in. He had to wait until the offseason until they could offer him something actually reasonable for his value but i i don't yeah I, I don't know i think that the Celtics could have topped this offer i think they could have if they didn't make the phony ideal yeah that yeah you're right that 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 is what i mean and i think that this that gordon is much more important than Fournier. yeah i think boston tried to do both so they wanted to get Fournier wrapped up to focus everything on gordon yeah. And I would have been much happier with taking Gordon into that TPE. And then if you need to send out somebody else, but there again, like, how, and this is where it comes down to how much do you value Marcus Smart, right? Like, if it's Marcus Smart for Evan Fournier, you don't do that deal. If it's Marcus Smart for Aaron Gordon, do you do that deal? Honestly? I don't know. I hate this question. <laughs> um, I don't think what it comes down to for me is like I, I just don't think that you need to. You don't think like, that you need to put smart in that deal in no, either like, of those deals. Well, I just would not care about acquiring Fournier. I would just put all my effort into Aaron Gordon. Yeah, me too, me too. And I think that should have been the the first thing they did. 
And that's where like my disappointment lies. Yeah, because because I don't I don't look at this Denver deal again as being like this there's no way that Boston could have competed with that. I think Neesmith in your first rounder this year competes with that. Yeah, plus a TPE. That they're yeah, going to into create. the TPE. Yeah, right. plus plus then Orlando get their own TPE. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, Which I would have been that, like eighteen totally million dollars. And maybe, you know, all the talk was that Barnes apparently wasn't available anymore. I think that also probably shows that that deal wasn't on the table for Harrison Barnes. Yeah, because and, and of maybe I'm speculating happened. too much. Maybe I'm speculating too much. But yeah, I feel like that would have heated up a little bit more. You know, it's made me yeah. sad. I'm very sad. Yeah, I because mean, Denver looked good, good now, fit. dude. I mean, and if you want to talk about winner of the trade deadline, Chicago left, right, and center, right? Yeah, yeah. I've seen some people really like. Skeptical from Chicago's point of view, but to be fair, that yeah, to be fair, it's a guy that I very much know really likes Wendell Carter. So, but Carter's been underwhelming. Um, Two firsts for Vooch, like I don't know. It's interesting because I think that you know Levine and Vucevic being your centerpieces, you need some really good defenders around them. But you can make that happen. You just brought in Daniel Tice. Yeah, Patrick Williams. You can make it happen. Um, they definitely are a playoff team, like very, very comfortably a playoff team now. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think they made out pretty well. Um, have they gave to, up their Have they gave up their future though for this? No, I don't think so. You still have Kobe White, you have Patrick Williams, Zach Levine's still pretty young. Yeah, I don't think so. You can, and you don't really care what happens to Mark and now because he's fell off a cliff. Yeah, and I don't think that Vucevic is a guy that like ages extremely poorly. See, that was always my concern when he was in Boston discussions was the fact that he won't age poorly, but he he's already aging. Yeah, so poorly. To be part, fair, I, to be fair, I probably would have said that like I don't think Lamarcus Aldridge ages poorly, and he definitely has. It happens, dude. Yeah, it happens. Like that's why Al Horford's an anomaly, right? You know? And he went downhill really quickly. Yeah, and then kind of figured out how to climb back up that mountain. You know the guy right. that's done it the best is Brooke Lopez. Yeah, that's a good one. And and he this year has really fallen. Yeah, and still figures a way to be effective every time. Yeah. You want to know the weirdest trade to me? And I know it's a little bit of a different direction. Lou Williams for Rajon Rondo. Yeah, it makes no sense. Like, the Clippers what? are just the Clippers needed what? a point guard. And but, you're guaranteed playoff Lou Williams performances. isn't a point guard, though. Lou Williams is the most defensively lo- defensive, liable guard in the league, dude. But and he's, he's also he's a another, bucket. Yeah, he's a bucket, but he's another guy that's fell off with age. He. Yeah, but what is Rondo giving you, dude? Like Rondo's giving you playoff Rondo. Rondo. The guy won a chip you like six hope. months. He you won a chip hope. six months ago, bro. LeBron James is not walking through that door. Like Kawhi Leonard, sure, you know, but like I don't know. I yeah, that no, one was I shocking. It doesn't that one make was sense. shocking. It, was, it makes shocking. sense for Atlanta because they bought in yeah. um, Chris Dunn as well. It, it, yeah. Oh my God! I just thought about watching Trey Young and Lou Williams play side by side. That terrible. sounds horrible. That yeah. sounds horrible. But now you can you can partner Trey with like Chris Dunn as your like point of attack defender. Like I can yeah. see what they're trying to do. And they're trying to, but I just don't understand why they're doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. They're going to roll out Trey Young, Lou Williams, 
Danilo Gallinari, Danilo Gallinari, and John <laughs> Collins can just say screw defense. War score one fifty tonight, <laughs> and they'll Gosh. do it too. That's the thing, dude. They will. They will. John um, Collins is another guy. I'm shocked didn't move. Yeah, yeah, it, big time. Yeah. He he definitely seems to you know maybe like a lot of the issues were behind the scenes is kind of what it seemed with him and maybe moving on to a new coaching staff helped with that and maybe some of the internal debates or things going on between him and Trey kind of worked themselves out because I think John Collins is a pretty good player and yeah his his impending restricted free agency is definitely going to be interesting what do you think and the other guys that are obvious that you know didn't get moved on from that is really surprising is Kyle Lowry obviously um which makes Lowry no sense because Toronto cleared roster space yeah, and, and it seemed like, right, right, they made that one move to clear a spot, and it was like, okay, well, clearly it's about to happen right now, and then nothing nothing goes through. And it was, and there was so much reporting, like, oh, the whole league is waiting on this domino for Kyle Lowry to fall, and it was like, okay, well, there's like 15 minutes left, so is this going to happen, or what? <laughs> and it just, it didn't. You know, he, he pieced out to the cameras last night and everything, and I'm shocked. I'm shocked. So the, and the, for the reporting to be that the Lakers wouldn't include Talon Horton Tucker. Are you kidding me? If that's not the most Danny Ainge sounding thing ever. Then what like, is? Yeah. No, like, I'm no, telling you. Don't sorry. Like, couldn't give you Carson Edwards. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, the thing is, though, like Talon Horton Tucker got the LeBron seal of approval at the start of the year. So the Lakers are probably like, look, LeBron doesn't. Kyle give- Lowry doesn't have the approval. Like LeBron doesn't oh. give the approval to many people. So if we get rid of THT, what happens if LeBron decides to bounce? You know, it, it's it's silly things like that that can destroy the domino from falling. But in realistic terms, like there was reporting out there saying that um, no team was very sure that they'd be able to re-sign Lowry in the um, in the off season. And obviously, you don't make that move if you think it's a rental. If you think Evan Fournier is a rental. Apparently, it's perfectly okay to make that. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, when you're pressured like crazy to make a move or else, then yeah. Um, in, 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 Philly, instead of getting Kyle Lowry, ended up with George Hill. Which is the a thing good is, deal. Uh, George cool. Hill's the Celtics destroyer, so uh, I'm very upset about this. George Hill's good. Yeah. George Hill's good. I, I think that they would have ideally liked. Uh, I always thought you know somebody that could penetrate a little bit more, but I, I mean you kind of have that. Um, yeah, I, I mean undoubtedly, like Simmons. it's an upgrade over right, and mm-hmm. you can just throw it into Embiid and let him do work from you there. You don't so. need to worry about penetration when you've got those yeah. two guys. I will say yeah. this, and after making that joke about um, Fournier, I will say this that he will fit in very nicely to um, a Haywood like role. He he will very really much be yeah. I think he'll do a lot of the stuff Hayward did, and there'll be no question about the third or fourth option. Like you'll be fine with that. Um, just wanted yeah. to make that clear because I did make a joke and I want everyone to know that I'm on board with this Fournier thing. I just don't like the fact he's expiring. So I'm just realizing, Daniel Tice and Evan Fournier both had game-winning situations. Th- their last day before the deadline, their last game. One of them made the shot. Wait, One of them Tice. did not. Yeah. No, and it was not Daniel Tice. I'm I upset. I am upset right about now. this, man. It I is too bad. I just feel like it's such a way to go out. 
on like a game losing shot. Yeah. Like that that to me was like the biggest thing. I was like, man, this guy done so much and like gave us so many memes and so many It would have been so great if he hit that. Yeah, like that's and a that mi- was the end. Yeah, that's a mic drop dude, but like yeah, that's the thing that got me the most is the fact that he misses the shot and then it's like see you later, dude. Yeah. But it's <laughs> from Miami's point of view, they ended up picking up Victor Oladipo. Yeah, I'm not sure for ex Celtics, for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olinick. And a 2022 pick swap. In what world <laughs> is the Miami Heat worse than the Houston Rockets in 2022? This pick doesn't matter. The, the, the Houston Rockets are stupid. <laughs> what are you doing? Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. You're like, nah, give me Oladipo. You know what we're going to do with him? We're going to get Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek. What? <laughs> what? I don't understand. Oh, I dude. don't understand. Okay, so first I don't know that Victor Oladipo is that good is the problem. Yeah, he's not. That's the point. Like Everybody still remembers like All-NBA Oladipo or All-Star Oladipo, sorry, from a few years back. And he's not that no more. And he's really struggled to become anything close to that. And the funny thing is... That I genuinely think Houston got the best player in that deal by picking up Olenek, and and I'm being, <laughs> and I'm not like the thing. Is, I don't know. I don't know about funny, that one. Like, you might be a little crazy there. No, it's funny, dude, but it's true, dude. Olenek, you know what you're getting. He's consistent as hell. Oh dude. my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Do you understand do what I'm understand. saying? Like with Aladipo, like he's the best player in that trade, but Alinek is the most consistent player in that trade. And Drew's got the best hair. Yeah, he's got luscious locks. It's true. But that pretty much like I mean, look, man, from a Celtics perspective, getting back on course. Um, well, well, yeah. do you think it matters for Miami at all? Like, is Miami a better team? I mean, if they are, right? Like, because yeah. Oladipo obviously, like, was in a situation where I think he was It gives them another ball handler, gives them another penetrator, a guy that, if he can figure it out, is easily the best guy in that trade. Right, and he totally can. He can. It, like, he, he doesn't look figured out right now, but he totally can figure it out. And, you know, like, I think this is a good trade for Miami. Um, I don't know how much it changes for them. It, it could, like, you're gonna have to wait and see. But I think people are overhyping Oladipo for what he is right I'm now. I'm very curious how Jimmy Butler deals with Oladipo. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Um, I think Oladipo's got the upswing to be, you know, a top twenty guy at some point if he figures it out. Yeah, for stretches. Yeah, yeah, but I just don't think that. You're going to see that. I genuinely don't think the Oladipo that was an all-star is that Oladipo anymore, which is why yeah. I make a joke about Olenek being the best guy in the trade. Right. Which... And I think this is, but, you know, he had been linked to Miami mutually forever, it feels like. So, and all the talk was that this trade wasn't going to happen, but I think when they unexpectedly struck out on Lowry that, you know, it was like, okay, well, we're losing nothing for him, really. Might as well bring him in and get a trial run before we decide if we want to commit money to him this offseason. Yeah, which makes sense. That's pretty much what Boston have done with Fournier. Yeah. So the question yeah. is now, just to wrap it up, how much better have the Celtics got? 
before this, before today, I had them down as a second round exit in the East. As I don't a, think it's any different. Uh, exactly. I do not think anything changes. You could have a really good game and make it to the conference finals again if you have a good series and friendly matchups. Uh, but th- this is not a finals team, and they'll be very, very lucky to make it to the conference finals again. Yeah. And if we're being realistic, I, I mean, I'm with you. If we're being realistic, you know, it's it's easier to turn around and say, it's easier to turn around and say that it's um, it's everything's got better. Like I think the t- I think the roster is a little bit more balanced than what it was. I think that you've added scoring where you needed it, and you have gave a fairly decent replacement to Gordon Hayward. But I just don't think that it's an upgrade. I don't think it's a big enough upgrade. I think it gives you stability in the regular season. I think it's a regular season upgrade. But I don't think the team... I mean, I was going to say I don't think the team should be focused on regular season upgrades. But to be fair, they're in the 8th seed right now. Like I think you need to be a 4 or 5 seed. Um, Because if you're not, you might not make it past the first round of the playoffs. And there's no way that Boston should be in that situation. Um, so, you know, some regular season depth is nice, but a lot of the team is going to have to do with getting more than eight games under your belt of this primary rotation of Smart, Jalen, Jason, and um, who am I saying? Uh, Kemba. Um, so, I, you know, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with it, and it's very reliant on Robert Williams being consistent at the rate he's at right now and remaining healthy. If you lose one of Tristan Thompson or Robert Williams, your center rotation looks very shaky. Um, and that was for the sake of saving some money. So, yeah, I mean, this this buyout thing will be very interesting, but I don't think it changes anything for their playoff outcome this year. Do you think that it helps them in the future, though? And it, it all revolves around the Fournier thing, right? Because this was their only way to get a piece that they were going to be able to keep around for the future. Since they are going to be an over-the-tax team, they needed bird rights of a player like this. So if they if the Fournier, if it works well and you're able to keep him around, like I said, I mean, I think potential for like a six-man-of-the-year type role for Fournier, like that, that is a plus for the future, right? Muted, my guy. Also, the way you got to look at it for the Celtics is they were going to be willing to pay 17 to 24 million a year, whether they picked up Gordon or Barnes, right? So re-signing Fournier at 18 a year or 19 a year is only the same as what they were going to be spending anyway. If you can convince him to re-sign and instead of having a two-year guy, you're going to have a four and you do have the bird rights to allow you to go over the tax that way. Um but I just don't know if it means you have to overpay Fournier to keep him. You know, like uh, I just have, I've got a lot of questions about is he really a 20 million a year guy? And there are ways that this team can continue to get better. And there's definitely, they've opened up some avenues. If it is a sign and trade, if they decide to move on from Fournier, if they do pick up a buyout candidate, then the ceiling of this team for this year could improve. They've kept this year's draft pick as well, so that means they might try and make a move at, during draft day. Um, or try, or next thing you know, they'll have Book Knight on the team as well, and we'll just have loads of young scorers that don't get minutes. Um, yeah. I know you have him six. Um, yeah, so look, man, I'm happy. I'm pretty much happy with the way the deals went. I understand every move they made and the reasons why. The only thing I don't like is the fact that Fournier is an expiring. I understand why Tice had to go. Sucks, but that's the business. 
it's just that expiring contract that leaves so many questions unanswered that we were hoping would be answered today. And all it's done is kick the can down the road, but gave you some extra production from now to the end of the year. Yeah. I am more critical of Danny at this point. I think that he wasn't able to put assets on the table or wasn't willing to put assets on the table for Aaron Gordon. And I, I think that you absolutely should have done that. Um, all the talk was there. And my assumption is that Danny Ainge wasn't able to pony up or wasn't willing to pony up. Um, you know, if it takes you Neesmith, Romeo, and a first, you do that. I, I, no, you and do every that. day of the week. Yeah. Every day and of the week. I, I would guess, again, and this is just me speculating, and maybe that's irresponsible of me, but compared to this um, Denver deal, that that wasn't on the table. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just extremely disappointed in that. I'll, I'll say I think Miami raised their playoff ceiling. Yes, definitely. Potential playoff ceiling because of what we talked about with Oladipo, potential. Um, I think that Philly is already a top three team in the league. They're already elite, and they filled a hole, which is important. Um, Milwaukee filled a hole with P.J. P.J. Tucker. Tucker. Yeah, big big acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago Brooklyn, got better. Chicago got better. Brooklyn, um, solid. Yeah, Brooklyn's already solid. and, and the best team in the league. Yeah. So I don't know that Boston didn't do anything to solidify them as like the fourth team in the conference. And I think that's what they needed to do. Like I said, they're coming out of today with more questions than what they came into today with. And that's a problem. You know? Yeah. And now they need to integrate, integrate new guys into a system and hope that Fournier's addition... Um, spark some form of resurgence in terms of play because it's all well and good having guys that can score but they need to find their defensive identity to be able to stop teams scoring because unlike Atlanta they Boston aren't going 150 a night yeah and I, I, I do really worry that Fournier fits that you know like if your yeah. idea was to improve your defense and notably you know like you needed a defensive difference maker Fournier is an improvement over Jeff T. You're totally right about that, but he's not a difference maker on defense like Aaron Gordon would have been, like Harrison Barnes would have been. And, yeah, I mean, I think that's what they needed. I'm upset. So, I'm upset, but I'm not upset. I'm, I'm on I'm the not fence. Mad. I'm not yeah, I'm, I'm not just mad. disappointed. <laughs> I'm just disappointed. Right, guys, you've been listening to the Celtics pod. As usual, please try and leave that nice five-star written review. Brendan is not with us permanently. This was just Brendan being nice and jumping on to discuss this. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Adam is too kind to tell you guys how much these five-star reviews matter. You need to get on your phone. People don't realize you enjoy this show. You listen to the entire episode. You clearly enjoy you need to go on your phone and leave a five-star review and say all the kind words about Adam and his beautiful accent because he put so much effort into this. Read his articles. They're absolutely phenomenal. Even though I said earlier I did not read his article yet. You bet when we <laughs> hang up here, I'm going to read <laughs> that article. But the five-star reviews do a lot, and I don't think that listeners realize that. And you as the host will never like tell people how important that is. But... I feel like I can say that now. So if you enjoyed it, please leave a five-star review because it matters a lot. Well, thank you very much, Brendan. And today, so no, yesterday somebody told me they could listen to me read the phone book. 
That was nice. There you go. I don't know what they mean by that, but that it was needs nice. to be a five star review. That needs to be. They need to put that in the reviews. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude. But <laughs> everyone, I hope you enjoyed it. Stay safe over the weekend. We'll be back again on Monday. By we, I mean me and somebody. Won't be Brendan, but it'll be somebody because Brendan, you know, became a Kings fan and because he didn't trade for Harrison Barnes. So no, we traded Brendan, but we got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got like a second round pick in 2020. A TPE that you still have to, yet to use. Yeah, dude, I'm waiting for that big swing. That's why. Right, yeah, guys. Right. Everybody, stay safe. Then we'll sit. We'll, we'll speak. I'll speak to you all again on Monday.